how is it that we in recovery are going to recover from that state of being, that place where we are so broken and so hopeless, when there are millions of people that are still in that state right now in this moment as we do this podcast? And why is it that people in recovery aren't sharing their stories as loud, as proud, as powerful, and as publicly as possible? Because you never know who's going to hear your story. Welcome to Reinventing Perspectives. Today we have a phenomenal guest. We have Adam Ganton. Adam, please tell us who are you and what's your mission? Uh, my name is Adam Vibe Gunton. I am the founder of Recovered on Purpose. And five years ago, I was homeless. I was 86 from a homeless shelter, so I was super homeless. And I was unable to stop using IV drugs. And it wasn't always like this. Growing up, I was like golden boy. I was all-state football player. I was a captain of the team, captain of the wrestling team, went to Columbine High School, had all these things going for me. I was the Little League World Series home run derby hitter. But I just had this secret life of using drugs. You know, I started when I was 12 and it went for 16 years. And at the end of it, I was homeless. Right now I'm 215 pounds and I was 148 pounds at the end and could not stop. And I had a very profound experience with God that ended up getting me sober. And I actually was asked a question a couple days ago that made me think that I'd never been asked before. And this person asked me if I ever get upset that I was chosen to have this disease, I was chosen to be an addict. And when he asked me that, it sparked something that I've actually thought the exact opposite. Why am I the one that survived this? Americans, over 100,000 of us are dying per year. There's a video of me out where the police found me dead behind the wheel of a car, but I survived this. And the only answer that I've gotten as I asked that question, like, why did I survive this, is God put me here and he helped me out of that to help others out of it. That's what I'm here for. That's what my purpose is. Powerful. That's amazing. A lot of times we talk about personal development. And this is just on another level. This is personal transformation. Mm. And I'm so honored to have you on the show to really talk to us and share with us because this is a very important issue. And as people, as families, as society, we shy away from difficult conversations. Right. Help us, Adam. How do we not shy away from having these difficult conversations? That's actually the purpose of Recovered on Purpose because there's been this thing passed around in the recovery community that was never actually intended at the start of transformation, 12 steps, at the foundation of that, we were never told to be anonymous for ourselves. We were never told to not go out and tell our story, not go out and help people. But we were told to keep anonymous the fellowships that we were involved with because we don't speak on behalf of a fellowship. If somebody's a member of AA or NA or one of those things, it's not a member's responsibility to go out in public and promote that fellowship. We are absolutely supposed to be going out and sharing our stories far and wide about how we recovered from this seemingly hopeless state of mind, body, and spirit. I was at a point where at the end of my addiction, I was asking God to let me die because I had tried everything to stop. I couldn't stop, and I didn't want this life anymore. It was just pure suffering the whole time. Every minute of every day, I was just suffering. How is it that we in recovery 
are going to recover from that state of being, that place where we are so broken and so hopeless, when there are millions of people that are still in that state right now in this moment as we do this podcast, why is it that people in recovery aren't sharing their stories as loud, as proud, as powerful, and as publicly as possible? Because you never know who's going to hear your story. After I published my book, From Chains to Saved, I didn't realize how many people were going to get that book. And I've had messages, thousands of messages and emails from all over the world, from Australia, from New Zealand, from, you know, the UK. And I'm, I was sitting here in Denver, Colorado, United States, like, oh my gosh, I just told my story. And these people are hitting me up saying that it inspired them to find recovery. You know, because there's people out there that don't know that there's hope. Someone like me or someone that has come out of that situation, it's important that they share their stories. How did you manage to break free from doing something that you didn't want to do, but didn't know how to stop doing? Jesus, point blank period. I got to a point where I had tried everything. For the last like four, five, six months of my drug use, I was going to two 12-step meetings every single day. I was the kind of person that I didn't care. At the end, I mean, I'm, <laughs> I can't find a shower. I'm 148 pounds, I, you know, and I'm 215 right now, so I'm super, super skinny. I'm sick. I don't even have a toothbrush at the time. I'm homeless. I can't even stay at the homeless shelter. So people can't think any lower of me than I already am. So I was at a point where I didn't care what people think. So I'm going to these meetings every single day. And in some of these meetings, you have to raise your hand if it's your first, second, or third meeting since the last time you used. And I'm in there every single day raising my hand, raising my hand, raising my hand, like looking for something or someone that can help me. I was going to church every Saturday and Sunday. I was going to Bible study every Tuesday. And I even went to an MMA gym for a while thinking they might be able to beat recovery into me. But none of it was working. And it got to a point where I was sitting in a car before that Bible study. And I had this epiphany. I was like, oh my gosh. I can't make it. I can't do this. I have literally tried everything available and there's nothing I can do. And I audibly said to God, I'm done. I'm not going to Bible study. I'm not going to church. I'm not going to these meetings. Just please let me die, God. Please let me die. And in that moment, and I think it's a really powerful place to come from, whether you're in addiction or you're in another place in life where you need more God, coming from a place of 100% honest willingness to give your life completely up is the most powerful place to come from. And I didn't know it at the time. I just had to get beaten into that state. So I, I say that to him and, and he whispers to me and I hear to my heart and he said, it's time, go. And in that moment, I didn't get like this excitement or anything from hearing his voice because I had heard it before and I start getting angry in that moment. Because what's different about this time? What's different about this time than all the times that I've decided to stop and I'm never going to use again? And I throw all my dope in the toilet, I flush it down, I go to bed, and then in the morning I pawn my TV to go get dope. What's different about this time? So I'm screaming and I'm yelling and I'm hitting the roof of the car and I'm hitting the steering wheel and I'm, I'm so angry. And he lets me get it all out for a few minutes and then he just repeats himself and he said, it's time, go. Again, I didn't get this sense of like, overwhelming Holy Spirit power, like it's finished. But what I got was this sense of willingness that I had never understood before. 
all those plans that I was doing, all those meetings I was going to, the church, the Bible study, all of these things I was doing, I had my hands wrapped around the plans tight as if I was going to be able to find the plan that was the best plan for me. And the blessing of an addict in recovery is that our life depends on connection with God. So I actually learned in that moment after he saved me, after he showed me that there's work I have to do. I did the 12 steps, not associated with any fellowship. I literally just read the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous with another person and we did exactly what it said. And I recovered. And I believe that every single person in recovery has their own path to recovery. The most important thing is that they keep seeking and they keep trying and they keep trying until they get to the point where they find it. They find that willingness and they find that path to go. Thank you so much for sharing that with us, Adam. It's something that is unimaginable, but it's so powerful because addiction takes so many forms. And sometimes for someone, it may not be drugs, but that state of continuing to do something that you don't want to do. 100%. What are some habits that someone can pick up to begin to make change? Because I think that's really central to your story. If I read your bio correctly, I don't know. You let me know. Yeah, 100%. The most powerful place that I find the habits that I need to implement in my life is on my knees. When I am praying, I took my nicest towel and folded it up and have it next to my bed so that whenever I go to bed, I see it. And whenever I get out of bed, I see it. And that's where my knees go. And in that place, I've found that as I'm talking to God, anything in my life that needs to either be added to my life or needs to be worked on getting out of my life, I sense it while I'm talking to him. The best habit to pick up is prayer every morning and every night. And then I love to journal. And I also do this thing every night called the list of six. And what this is, is before I go to bed, before I walk in my room, the last thing I do is I write the six things I'm going to do when I first wake up, which the first one is the time I wake up. And then I go into the five things I'm going to do before the workday starts. That's my time for getting myself in state for the day. And when we write these things down right before we go to bed, our subconscious mind while we sleep actually begins to plan for that in the morning. And when we wake up at the time that we wrote down we're going to wake up and we get up from bed immediately, we will immediately feel confidence for the day. We'll feel like we are going to win this day. And in the first 20 minutes of waking up, your mind is the most spongent that it will be for the entire day. So if you wake up and you do something immediately, you're telling your mind that today is ours. We are getting after it today. I mean, I have a lot of habits we can go over, but the two that are the most valuable for me are praying, talking to God, and then the list of six. I jumped forward. I need to go back because I made an error there. But it seems like you're this go-go driven person, which I don't know. For me, I've always found that addictive personalities tend to be people who really go hard at things <laughs> in either way. So I love that even as you're growing up, you're this child that's going after everything. And even as things are falling apart, you are someone who's still going after everything. How do you go now from homeless to 
this business and the life that you've built for yourself and the success that you've built for yourself. Because a lot of people, even if they are not facing the same circumstances, they don't understand how to move across to something that they would love to do. There's this concept called good or best, right? Like I was telling you earlier, I had this question of why did I survive this? You know, because a, a large percentage of addicts don't ever make it out. So why is it that I survived this? And I have this immense gratitude for life now. And I also owe it all to God, my whole life. And what I found is as long as I stay connected with him, as long as I work on progressing towards a deeper relationship with him, understanding him more, I'm able to see his best for my life. In early recovery, all I could focus on was getting deeper with God and staying recovered off of drugs. That was all I could focus on. And in different seasons of my recovery, what I've learned is that if I veer off of my focus on God and 100% relationship with him, 100% looking for his best for me, I will be distracted by what's good. I'll give you an example. I had this business that was going great. It was an opportunity, you know, and I really put my head down into it and focused deeply on it. And it was great. And in that season, I got to a point where I was making more money than I'd ever made. I was living in a really nice apartment, downtown Denver, I had a brand new car, brand new motorcycle, all this stuff. And I was completely broken internally. Because here I am, I had just built this incredible business in under two years of recovery. And here I am with this heart that's broken and lonely. I immediately like recognized it because I started going to these thoughts of like, if this is all life is, then I don't want it. I might as well go back to drugs or something. So I went over to my bed and I was like, I give it up. I'm sorry, God, I don't know what's going on right now, but I know this is not right. And God, I want to recenter on you. I want to help people, God. I want to know what your purpose is for me. I want to speak to millions of people, God. I want to do what your best is for me. And then the next morning, I did the same prayer. And within five minutes, I saw this ad on Facebook or Instagram for this conference about bringing God into your business. And I was like, all right, well, that must be an answer. <laughs> you know, I just booked it right there. Had no idea what it was. Had never heard that concept before. And I go out to this conference and September 28th of 2019, I am worshiping because they had Jesus culture there and I did, literally knew nobody here. And I'm just in the front worshiping with my hands up. And then I hear that voice from God and he said, your new company is called Recovered on Purpose. And I was like, that's good. <laughs> Pull my phone out and I check on GoDaddy. I check on the Secretary of State, make sure it's available. And it was. And then throughout that weekend, there were different speakers that came up and taught different things. And one of them came up and was talking about writing a book. You know, he was talking about how you can self publish if you want and the way that you can write a book quickly and stuff like that. And while I'm sitting there listening and I'm taking notes and stuff, I hear the voice again. And he says, if you publish your book for your two years clean and sober date, you're going to inspire so many people to share their stories. And I was like, my two years, that's in five weeks. You know, so I'm like, I better take some darn good notes. And then uh, when I get home from that conference, 
I left my management of that company. I sat down in front of my computer, put my phones away and everything, and I worked on what God told me was his best for me in that season. And in five weeks, I wrote, edited, got the editors, the covers, the photos, everything for the book, published it on November 6, 2019, and two days later, it was a number one bestseller. Wow. That's a testimony. Amen. <laughs> Amen. People often think that when you get the money, that that's what's going to make you happy or finally your life is going to be wonderful. Or, and I love that you shared that you realize it's emptiness. You know, if that's all it is, then it's nothing. If that's all it is, it's nothing. However, if you seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. And what I believe is that that business that I built is going to be squashed by Recovered on Purpose. It's going to be left in the dust by Recovered on Purpose. Because God is so in this with me that I have the creator of the universe on my side. Like, how could there possibly be any other business that would beat this or make me feel more fulfilled or anything? I'm not doing the income from Recovered on Purpose that I was from that other healthcare marketing company. But I am more joyful. I am more excited. I'm putting 12, 14 hours every single day into this because I love what I'm doing. I get to build and create something with God that is being built to help the world, that's being built to help a population of people that need it. Everything that I do has the intention of helping more people. I've done a lot of one-on-one -on -one stuff. I've done a lot of coaching people and sponsoring people, and I still do that stuff. But I, I'm focusing on how are we going to build a system, something that all of us in recovery can do that helps stop this epidemic of 85% relapse within the first year of people coming out of long-term treatment. How is that possible? And that's not even counting for the huge population that don't ever get the opportunity to go to treatment. That's people from treatment. So how are we as a recovery community going to actually take care of this? Because nobody can touch an addict like an addict that's been through it, period. There's no doctor. There's no world-renowned coach. None of that stuff can help an addict that's suffering like another addict that's been through it can. So we in the recovery community just have to lift up. We have to do something new. We have to get excited about it again. We have to re-center on what our purpose is in recovery. And it's not just to stop using drugs and alcohol. It's not. And that's why so many people are relapsing because life sucks without drugs and alcohol if you're an addict and you're not living a mission purposeful life. So we've got to re-add that into our lives now. It's solving a real life problem. So oh, I'm excited for you and I'm excited to see where this is going to go. It's going to be big and it's going to touch a lot of lives. Now, I know that you have a sales background. I said, I have to ask you this because from your sales background, my audience is new entrepreneurs of faith and sales is one of those things. We're like, ah, whatever advice you'd give to someone who says, I'm struggling with sales or I'm struggling to even get my mindset into sales. A lot of people have 
incorrectly defined the word sell in their own mind. Because when we moved west and there was a lot of different go-getters, right, that were doing sales in a fashion of get as much for myself as possible by using psychology tricks and by using different ways to manipulate or saying things are better than they are or, you know, doing these things to make a sale. That's not even what the word sell came from. The word sell came from the old English word sellan, which meant to give. And the whole process of sales is believing in what you have so much that you want to give it to people. And there has to be a value on it because if someone was given your product for free, they will not value it. If you have an important product, something that will change somebody's life or something that will serve their business, will serve their community or serve their family, if you have that product, they have to invest in it so that they will value it in their life. So your purpose as someone in sales is to find the people who your product is right to serve. You don't try to find whoever will buy it. Because you'll get sick, you'll have unhappy customers, you'll find the people that are always calling and complaining and things like that. And the reason why I'm saying this is I was a door-to-door salesperson, door-to-door sales for years. And I was in the top 10 in the United States every single year. And I never did those tactics of lying to people to get them to go with me. I was able to knock on a door, introduce myself, create rapport, like, you know, quickly, because I knew that I was there to help them if I could. And then within 20 or 30 seconds, I could find out if that person would be served by my product. And then I would literally either stop the conversation and say, hey, uh, this actually won't be great for you. So have a great day. Very nice to meet you. Or I would say, awesome. Let me show you exactly how this could serve you. Then I would go into showing them how. The point of sales is to serve. (laughs) That's it. Make sure that you are extremely knowledgeable on what you're selling. So any question that comes at you, right, you're able to answer. And any question that comes at you that you don't know, right in front of the customer, say, let me find out real quick because I don't know. And the great thing about getting questions like that is whenever that question comes up again, you now have the answer to it because you researched it and found the truth. Instead of a tactic that a lot of people do, they'll come up with something off the top of the head that sounds really good, and then when they find the thing that sounds really good enough to sell somebody, they'll use that forever. So the point is, be honest, know your value, know your product's value, and give it to people. Oh, so good. I could actually picture you knocking on people's door and getting them to buy. You would have you would have bought for me for sure. <laughs> as far as your mindset now, you've had a successful business, you into another successful business. What kind of mindset things have you done that you feel have really, really helped to propel you this way? A lot. <laughs> a practice that I do in the first twenty minutes of every day is I read my why statement and my affirmations out loud. There's varying degrees of success with positive affirmation spoken. But the reason why I believe is that people don't read them from a state of belief, right? Like you can't say, I am powerful. I am great. I am beautiful. 
You can't say it like that. When I do it, I stand in front of my whiteboard. I put my shoulders back. I put my chest out. I get in the physical state of this person is who I am. And then I say, I am recovered on purpose. I am a child of the most high God. I am a leading voice for changing the lives of addicts. I'm a voice for the lost and broken. And when I speak, lives are saved. And I start to speak this out because I need to speak it to myself and remember this, right? Like this is what I'm living for. These are the things that I am a stand for in the world. And when we do that early in the morning, we don't allow all those interruptions in the first 20 minutes, those things like, you know, oh, I wonder if she's okay, or oh, I wonder if he's going to make it today, or all of those little things that go on in our mind in the first 20 minutes, if we don't shut them down immediately, they will continue going for the rest of the day. So in the first 20 minutes, we want to be taking control of our mind and actions immediately. And that's really, really key for me. But because this is a faith-driven podcast, if you are not in the word every single morning and doing your, and I got it right here, right here next to my desk, there's a journal and a Bible. And what I do is I read the proverb of the day because you cannot read the Proverbs enough, period. By the proverb of the day, you know, there's 31 chapters of Proverbs. There's 28 to 31 days in a month. Whatever the day of the month is, read that chapter of Proverbs and then read one or two chapters from some other study that you're doing, and your life will change. Your mindset will change. If you're living with the word dwelling in you, you will have better sales. You'll be able to serve people better. You'll know Jesus's heart for people, and you will be able to bring that heart into your connection with people. There's so much power in the word that a lot of us Christians can think that it's enough to go to church and have someone else tell us their interpretation of it. It's very important to hear leaders speak and hear those messages and be fed like that. But the Bible is a love letter to you and to me. And what God is telling me for my life right now out of that Bible is what he's telling me specifically for me. That changes your mindset more than anything that you can possibly practice. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. Adam, I'm just realizing time has run away from us and I'm just enjoying this so much. <laughs> I always end with this last question. Mm -hmm. What has faith meant to you on your journey? I gave my life to Christ when I was 10 years old. And in my addiction, I never lost my belief in God. I always knew he was there. I always knew that he was watching out for me. He was good. And I always loved him. And I always would say how much I loved him. The problem was, I felt like everything I was doing made it so that he couldn't possibly love me. I didn't understand yet. In my first 30 days of recovery, I was sitting in a room and I had this complete breakthrough that changed my entire life. God created us to be loved first by him and second for us to love him and there is nothing that i have ever done nothing i will ever do that can take away that love when i recognize that faith is growth faith is progress right but the love of god 
is what I'm seeking, understanding the love of God more and more and more because it's endless. So that's my journey is just continuing to seek and understand his love for me and people so I can better bring that love to earth. Thank you for sharing that. Now to our audience, please go to fromchainedtosaved.com. Adam, please tell us what you're going to find there. Yeah, so my book became a number one bestseller. Like I was telling you, we got it all over the world. And what I'm doing now is I'm giving it away for free. I did an audio book. I actually recorded it myself and a digital copy of it that if you go to fromchainedtosaved.com, I send it to you for free. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's an awesome resource for the audience. Thank you so much, Adam. Absolutely. <laughs> if you got any value out of today's episode, please do me two massive favors. One, please share it with someone that you know would benefit from this information. And secondly, please leave us a review in your podcast listening app. This will help us grow the show and get bigger and bigger guests that will benefit you even more. Thank you so much for that. And again, thank you for your time. I absolutely value your time. Thank you for spending time with us listening to the Reinventing Perspectives podcast. Thank you and see you again next week.